0: Okay, so we are continuing in our preaching series, "Words to Live By." If you missed last week's, Ruth brought an awesome message, looking at this kind of idea of God bringing His peace when we feel worried or anxious. And so, if you missed that, I would encourage you go and check that out. It's on our website, Spotify, wherever you access your podcasts. Go and have a, a listen. It was an incredible message. But this week. Uh, For the first time in this series, we're going to delve into the Old Testament. Um, So if you have your Bibles, then turn with me to Exodus 14. All right, we're starting at verse 10. It says this. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. Is this right? Yes, good. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. And cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water So that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So many of you will know the story of, of Moses and what kind of went on in his life. But he was born an Israelite, but it was in a crazy time where Pharaoh was wiping out uh, firstborn children because he was worried about the growth of the Israelite nation in Egypt. And so uh, so Moses was kind of put in a basket and drifted down the river and picked up by Pharaoh's daughter and raised actually in an Egyptian palace and so we kind of see um, him growing up in the palace and then as a kind of grown man he's walking around and he sees an Egyptian beating up one of his fellow Israelites and he's just not okay with that and so he kind of retaliates out of anger and actually ends up killing this Egyptian and because of that and all that goes on he finds himself fleeing out into the desert and it's in that moment, it's in that place where he comes across the burning bush. And many of us will be familiar with Moses and the burning bush. He sees this bush and it's on fire, but it's not being destroyed. It's not being burnt out, burnt up. And then out of this bush comes a voice. The voice of God begins to speak to him through this burning bush and gives Moses a mission. God gives Moses a mission. He says, you are the man that is to go back to Pharaoh and to say to him, let my people go. They've been in slavery for far too long. So you're the one. You are the chosen one. This is your mission. This is your purpose. This is your goal. Go back to Pharaoh and say, let my people go go. And so Moses, like any born leader, then begins to uh, make up all these excuses as to why he's not going to do that, why he's not the right man. And he's like, I've got a stutter. I'm, I'm unqualified. And, and then he asks this, this voice coming out of the bush, who shall I say has sent me? Who shall I say has sent me? And the bush says, I am sent you. I am. And Moses is like, no, no, no. I'm looking for an actual name and the bush says I am who I am and Moses is like no no I'm looking for a name is it like Derek Bert Frederick give me an actual name that I can go back and say this is who sent me and the bush sticks with it God says I am I am. And what Moses didn't realize was that in this moment, God was actually declaring and defining for the first time in Scripture who He really is. Who He really is. I am. Everything that you need, I am. Everything that you lack, I am. Everything that you could ever want or need, I am. And so this bush sends Moses off with this mission, with this purpose. You are to go back to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Let my people go. I am who I am. And so Moses finally obeys God and he, he goes on this mission and he, he finds himself back in the palace of, of Pharaoh and he looks up at Pharaoh and he says, enough's enough. Let my people go. God has sent me. Let my people go and Pharaoh looks back at Moses and he says no and so Moses is like okay God I've done what you asked me to do over to you and isn't that really cool because actually Moses was given a job and his job was to go to Pharaoh and to say the words let my people go and he did exactly that and it didn't work But he didn't need to do anything else because that's all he'd been asked to do by God. You just need to go to the palace and say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses was obedient in what he did. And so he just kind of said, okay, God, over to you, over to you. And that's what it can be like for us, the freedom that can come for us when we realize that all we need to do is walk in obedience to what God has called us to do. All we need to do is exactly what God has asked us to do. You see, God didn't ask Moses to challenge Pharaoh to a duel or to break in in the middle of the night and and rescue them silently. So Moses just did exactly what was asked of him. He went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. And it didn't seem to do the trick. And so he just kind of stepped aside and said, God, over to you. And God stepped in. I am stepped in. And then he brought about the 12 plagues that we, we know about. And actually, it was that kind of final plague, sorry, the 10 plagues. And it was that final one where, where actually God began to wipe out the firstborn children. And it was kind of this echo, this, this shadow of, of Pharaoh's actions that actually brought Moses into the palace because Pharaoh was destroying the firstborn children. Children And so there's a beautiful kind of synergy here, if you can see it through the death and, and destruction. But actually, this was the final straw for Pharaoh. And he said, OK, I've had enough. Let them go. Let them go. And so by Moses stepping aside and letting God do his thing, we see the rescue of these people. And actually, about two million people left slavery that night and they headed into the desert towards the promised land. Who knows that to get to the promised land, you're going to have to go through a desert. To get to the promise that God has spoken over your life, we're going to have to go through some challenging times, some tough times. And and actually what you'll see through the story of the Israelites is that they came up against many challenges on their journey to the promised land. And I believe that as God speaks promises into our lives and over our futures, that actually on that journey, there'll be some obstacles, there'll be some challenges. And, you know, for the, for the Israelites, among other things, one of the things that we've just read about was that they came to the Red Sea, this impassable Uh, obstacle that was in their way and they needed to get across but they had no way of doing it it wasn't just like a little stream it was a massive river that was gushing with water just to step into it they'd have been gone and so they had no way of getting across and at the same time as they kind of came to this impassable obstacle, Pharaoh has had a change of heart and decided that actually he's lost out on all this free labor and he wants them back. And so he rallies the troops and says, "Go and get the Israelites and bring them back so they can get back to work, get back to building everything I want them to build." And so the Israelites find themselves between a rock and a hard place between this sea that they can't pass and the enemies that are coming up behind them. Can anyone rel- relate to what the Israelites are feeling right now that actually on our journey to the promise of God we find ourselves stuck between a rock and a hard place and it feels like whichever way we turn we're going to run into some troubles we're going to struggle and so what did the Israelites do in this moment They've headed out on this journey full of excitement, full of passion, believing in the promise that God has given them, that he's going to take them into the promised land, this beautiful place flowing with milk and honey where they can be free and they can prosper and they can grow. But then the journey becomes a little bit challenging and they come up against some obstacles and they face this seemingly impassable challenge. And so naturally, They look for someone to blame. And so they're looking around and they're thinking, who can we point the finger at? And they're like, Moses, you brought us here. This is your fault. What have you done? Have you brought us here to die? They get very dramatic, don't they? You've brought us here to die. We were happy in Egypt. And he's like, what? You were slaves, you were abused. You were raped. You were forced into labor. Your children were sacrificed to false... You were happy. You want to go back? I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, on you go. (laughs) On you go. But Moses wasn't like that. He'd been called by God to set these people free. And so he kind of had to come to some uh, position where he could actually speak some sense into these people who are going through all kinds of internal dialogue that is just full of negativity and just battling with what's going on in their minds. And so as, as a reluctant leader as he was, he had to kind of muster up some kind of speech that was going to speak into the hearts and souls and minds of these Israelite people and actually get their eyes back on the prize that is the promised land, that is what God has spoken over them. And so it says in this verse that Moses answered the people, verse 13, do not be afraid. Well, that's easier said than done, isn't it? When you've got this impassable sea and the enemy's charging up behind you. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see. Not you might see, not we can hope to see, but you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring today not in the future, no more waiting, no more hanging around, but today we're going to see the deliverance. And these Egyptians that you see today coming up behind you, you'll never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. Who does it say will fight for you? The Lord will fight for you. Who will take care of you? Who never forsakes you? Who will never leave you? who is always on your side, who can you always, we're losing enthusiasm here, come on, this is the Lord who is always with us, who will never forsake us, who is always there, who we can always count on. He says the Lord will fight for you. And so these things, these points, these words to live by that we're going to dig in today, do not be afraid, stand firm, you need only be still. And in this crisis moment that these Israelites are facing, they're the words that Moses chooses to speak into their hearts, to transform that negative thinking that's going on in their minds and replace it with truth that comes from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're just going to spend a bit of time this morning and just dig into each one of those things. Are you okay? Are you with me? Good. Don't be afraid. Say, don't be afraid. You know, there's something about fear, isn't there, that makes you kind of lose yourself. It's like you almost become this deer caught in a headlight and you just find yourself stuck. And, and the, I think the deer knows that it should run. It knows that it's in danger. It knows that it's not in a good place, but it's kind of just stuck and struck by fear. And it's like watching this car Or Laurie coming towards it. And all kind of sense and sensibility just disappears because fear has gripped it. You know, have you ever been put on the spot in a situation? You get asked a question in front of other people. And it's a really easy question that you know everything about. And you're just like, I've forgotten everything I ever knew. And you just look really stupid because you're stuck in this place of... No, I don't know what, it, what is going on right now. And I think that for some of us, fear kind of grips us in this way where we just forget everything. We forget everything that we knew, even if it's really obvious stuff. We just freeze and forget and get stuck in this moment of complete, what is going on? And I think that can be like us, perhaps, you know, we're going through this series, Words to Live By, talking about this idea of of changing our thought life to something that is more positive, of fixing our eyes on Jesus instead of our problems. And I think for some of us, even though this is really obvious stuff, even though we all know this as truth, that actually in a moment of crisis, when fear strikes us, we just go, I can't remember what I'm supposed to do. And we forget everything. We forget that actually God is with us and God is for us and God will never leave us and we just freeze. Or perhaps for you, you can relate more to a person drowning. And what happens when a person is caught in the fear of a drowning moment? They begin to thrash about and lash out at whoever is with them. And they're just kind of, it there's no sense to, oh, I just need to lie on my back and just take some deep breaths. We're just kind of flailing around, absolutely out of control. And I think that we can perhaps be a little bit like that sometimes. When we find ourselves in a moment of frustration, of difficulty... If we're not the kind of person who just gets frozen in fear, maybe we're the kind of person who lashes out in fear. And we begin to say things that we don't mean or do things that we don't mean because we're struck with fear. But Moses speaks out to the Israelites the first truth that he declares over them. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So whether you're a frozen stiff forgetting everything kind of person or you're a flailing around and lashing out kind of person, these words are for you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because if we can take control of that fear, we can fix our eyes on Jesus. And we can remember actually where it is that we're supposed to be heading and what it is that we're supposed to be doing and where it is that our next step should be. So when you find yourself between A rock and a hard place. When you recognize that that internal dialogue has kind of slipped into just negativity and and breaking yourself down instead of building yourself up, claim this biblical truth. Declare this biblical truth as a word for you to live by. Do not be afraid. And the second thing that, that Moses says is stand firm. Stand firm. Now, Caleb had, uh, just a few weeks back, he, kinda, he said he wanted to do some uh, taekwondo, some martial arts. And so we got him some uh, trial lessons at a local taekwondo club. And one of the stances that they taught him is called a walking stance. And Michael, you come up here for a second. You can be a, a demonstration for us all. So we'll stand up on the stage, so everyone can see us, because it's all about your feet. You're feeling strong today. So <laughs> face everyone. With your right foot firmly, front, firmly planted, take a step forward with your left foot, nice and central, all together, in the middle a bit, a bit further forward, a bit further forward, a bit further forward. I can't go that yeah. much further. Yeah, straighten your back leg, straighten your back leg. Yeah, okay, and we're gonna put this hand here, like this, in a fist, and this hand down here in a fist. Okay, so this is called a walking stance. Nice and loose, isn't it? <laughs> okay, now let's try, it. let's try that again. Same thing, stretch forward, But go a bit wider this time. Yeah? Fist down here. Like this. Fist down here. He's stronger now. Because what's happened? Thank you. You can just go sit down now. What happened there? Yeah, give him a round of applause. Come on. Nothing like embarrassing people on a Sunday. (laughs) When you've got your feet planted firmly, and when you've got the foundation set in place you can stand firm. But if we've not got our feet planted correctly, if we've not got the foundation set properly, then we're going to get knocked over really easily when our enemies come to attack us. And, and this, this whole idea of standing firm is as much about a physical battle as it is the spiritual battle. Because when we're going through stuff in our mind, if we don't have a firm foundation, if our feet are not planted strongly in a good position, then we'll just get knocked over. We've got to have our feet planted firmly in the truth and love of Jesus Christ. That kind of foundation, foundational understanding that we were all created in the image of God. That kind of foundational knowledge that he is for us. That he is for us. And if he is for us, then no one and nothing can come against us. So we need to have a strong core. That kind of core that we all know of praying daily. Of seeking God daily. Of spending time in his word daily. The kind of stuff that perhaps in a moment of panic we can forget about We know that it's stuff that we should do. And yet in fear, when fear strikes us, we can forget about all of that stuff. But we need to have the foundations in place in order to stand firm. And actually, you know, God has given us some really clear instruction of what it is that we need in order to stand firm. Just turn with me to Ephesians 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And here's what he suggests. Put on the whole armour of God that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is what we're talking about throughout this series. This internal battle, this spiritual battle that goes on in our minds and in our spirits that tries to knock us off the path that God has for us. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you, may be with, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all of that to what? To stand firm. To stand firm. And stand, therefore, he says, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having the readiness given by the gospel of peace that Ruth spoke about last week. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. We have been given in the word of God some instructions, and outline, some guidance as to how we can stand firm, as to what we need to have in place to stand firm, put on the armor of God. And I love the way the scripture puts it because it talks about layer after layer and item after item of this armor getting battle ready. And then you almost expect the charge at the end of this scripture to be now go and fight. But that's not what it says. It says, and after all this, stand, stand, stand. We're just to stand firm, prepared for battle, but standing firm. And so when you've got yourself kind of battle ready, when you are aware that you are coming up against circumstances and situations that are are causing you to struggle, causing you to perhaps fall and stumble... We know that we can get battle ready by clothing ourselves in the armor of God when we're feeling kind of pumped up and energized and ready to take on whatever it is that the enemy is going to throw at us. But what about when you're exhausted? What about when you've no longer got any energy left to stand and actually all you want to do is collapse in a heap because you're tired of the barrage of obstacles and the barrage of just negativity, the wave after wave after wave that is beating you and wearing you and grinding you down. What do you do then? What do you do then when you're just too exhausted to stand? Well, look at what happened with With Moses, just a few chapters on in the book of Exodus, he's leading the Israelites, continuing on this journey towards the promise that God has given to them. And then they find themselves in a battle with the Amalekites. And so Moses says to Joshua, he says, take some of your men and you go down to battle. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand up on this hill with the staff of God, the same staff that helped us part the Red Sea, the same staff that brought water out of the rock. I will stand over the battle and hold up this staff. And so as you read this story, what you see is that as Moses holds the staff high, the Israelites are winning. But as he begins to get tired and the staff begins to drop, the Amalekites begin to gain ground. They begin to kind of overcome the Israelites a little bit. And it actually says that Moses' hands grew weary. He began to get tired. And I think that for some of us, we've been battling for so long. So much has been coming against us that actually we're just tired. We're growing weary. And our hands are beginning to drop to the ground and we are losing this battle. So what do you do then? Well as we read on what we see is that they bring a rock for Moses to sit on so he can take a little bit of a load off and then a man comes on either side of him and holds his arms up so that the staff won't drop so that he will be able to hold it high over the battle and the battle will be won. Do you know when we are facing challenges, when we are feeling just too weary to fight anymore, when we are just exhausted and we want to collapse in a heap, what we need to do is draw around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ to hold our hands up. When we've got no energy left to do it for ourselves, we need our fellow believers in Christ to hold our hands up, to be the strength that we no longer have. So when you're going through tough times, yeah, you should be looking for people that you can bring around you to hold up your hands. But how about when you're going through good times, when you are energized and pumped and fully clothed with the armor of God? Well, that's when you should be finding the weak ones and holding their hands up. Because there's always someone around you who needs their hands holding up. So if you're energized, if you're ready to get into battle, find those who are not and hold their hands up high so that they can begin to claim ground and to win the battle. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. And finally, he says, be still. Be still. Has anyone struggled to be still? Just like to do stuff. And sitting is really hard. We had Tay around to visit us this week as it was Toby's birthday and she is one of those people. She does not like to sit still. She said that even on the train journey up to, to visit us, she was pacing up and down the train because she was just, I know I'm going somewhere, but right now I just need to be doing something. I need to be busy. And I find it hard to be still because actually when you, when you get still, you begin to quiet down your mind then you can really hear your thoughts, can't you? You really hear what's going on in there because it's not crowded and busied with all the to-do list and what have you and begin to really hear what it is that your mind is saying and then perhaps there's some worrying thoughts and things that are challenging you and maybe God's speaking to you and saying, I've got a mission for you, I've got a purpose for you and actually it's kind of scary but I'm calling you to do this thing and when we're still, when we're quiet, when we can really hear what's going on, It can be hard to do. But for some people, they find it really easy to be still. And I think that's really commendable when you can just find yourself in a moment of of quiet and stillness and you're happy and content to just be. And that is so powerful and that is why we see Moses declaring this over his people who are floundering and panicking and pointing the finger and blaming whoever they can because he says stop all of that stop doing stop running stop chasing stop fighting and just be still take a breath Have you have you ever told anyone who's stressed out to calm down <laughs> <laughs> Calm down Don't you tell me to come. I am calm. (laughs) You never said that. I've definitely spoken those words. (laughs) I am calm. In the least calm voice you possibly could ever say. Oh, but that's what's going on right now. The Israelites are floundering and they're panicking. And Moses is saying to them, just calm down. Just calm down. You know, that word be still, it can also be translated as hold your peace. As calm down. Stop panicking. Stop floundering. Stop worrying about what's going on, about what's facing you, and just be still. Find some peace. Calm down. Take a breath. Have you ever read that beautiful poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling? It came to mind as I was preparing this message. And let me just read the opening kind of verse to you. It says... If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. That's what's going on for Moses right now. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. That just came to my mind because it speaks exactly to what's going on with the Israelites. That actually they're just losing their heads and they're totally just confused and baffled and floundering. And so they're blaming Moses. They're blaming other people. And it talks about just waiting and not being tired of waiting. That can be hard, can't it? When God's given us a promise and we know it's true that he's spoken something into our future and we believe him without a shadow of a doubt that he will come through for us, but we're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're still waiting weeks, months, years later to see this promise fulfilled. Can we not grow tired of waiting? Can we not grow tired of waiting? Sometimes it's hard to be still, isn't it? When what we really want to do is just chase after whatever it is try and do it in our own strength try to achieve it or earn it or win it but god's saying just be still just be still stand firm wait wait and keep on waiting and it's in that stillness when we when we quiet down the noise when we actually manage to quiet down those lies that seek to destroy us and take us away from our God given purpose, and actually, in the confidence that we know that our identity is found in Christ and in nowhere else, when we can quieten ourselves down and we can quiet down those lies, it's then that we can see the truth that God is with us, that God is for us. Be still and know that I am God. And so, these are the words to live by that Moses speaks over his people in their moment of struggle, in their moment of crisis. Don't be afraid. As hard as that might be in whatever circumstance you're facing, don't be afraid. Stand firm. Make sure your foundations are in place. Make sure you have got a core strength of all of the things that you know that you should be doing. Spending time in God's word. Praying to him. Seeking him. Make sure that you have got it all in place so you can stand firm. Not so you can go charging into battle. Not so that you can go off and do anything but that you can be still. Be still. And what happens next in our passage this morning... God comes through for them. Time and time again, we see through the story of the Israelites that even though they panic, even though they worry, even though they doubt, God comes through for them. He brought them through. If we can take hold of these words to live by, God will deliver. Not he might, not we can hope for it, but God will deliver. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. If we can put these words into action that it says, the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we do just thank you for this promise that actually if we can declare these words over our lives if we can put these words into action in our circumstances in our situations when we find ourselves coming up against a rock and a hard place when we find ourselves just stuck forgetting everything God would you just remind us of the truth that you are with us you are for us you will never leave us or forsake us God, I pray that even when it's easier said than done, that you will help us to not be afraid. To take control of that fear, to to just hand it over to you and say, I don't need to be afraid anymore because you are with me. You are with me. And God, I pray that you will help us all to stand firm, to stand firm on the promises and the truth that our identity is found in you and nothing else to stand firm on the promises of the cross, that you died and rose again and you gave us life. You paid the price for all our sins. We are no longer sinners, but we are made righteous in you by the work of the cross. That we can stand firm on the promise that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead now lives in us and is at work in us and through us. May we stand firm on those promises. And after all of that, God, may we be still. May we be still and know that you are God. We are not. We may strive to do things and to achieve things and to attain things, but God, all we need to do is be still. Be still in your presence, believing that you will fight for us, that you will deliver us, that you will bring us through